Well, I gave my retirement speech on the court last Saturday, and I gave it in the press conference afterwards, and nobody except William Payne figured it out. I, I think you missed it. Live from the Mountain West Conference Tournament, inside the Thomas and Mac, it's Cofield and Company. Third men game of the day going down right now. We're on the concourse of the Thomas and Mac. You just heard it, Mountain West Conference Tournament. And, man, this place is loud. Like I said, two best, most vocal crowds in the Mountain West, New Mexico and Wyo meeting up. And listen to that. It's great. Those are the Lobo fans because they are – Pound for pound, the loudest fans in the conference. It was down at the pit with that place sold out again when the Rebels went down there and they, they quieted them. It's, it is so freaking loud there. San Diego State's loud because they have the best sound system. Which, by the way, Reno has a really good sound system. But it's almost like, I'm not saying they pipe in noise. It's the speakers are so freaking loud. But New Mexico, they're just, they're crazy. And they, I think learning from Alford, they, they, they're amongst the top three uh, fan bases that complains about calls, mm. but they're just vocal all the time. They are, or the pit is, I think a, I would say yes, it is the top of the list of places I'd like to go in the Mountain West to check off That's the cool. list. cool. Yeah, it's really cool. When you first walk in, you're, it's, uh, I'm not going to say you're awed, yeah. but especially for us old heads who remember, you know, a national title game was actually there, and at the time it was like an 18,000-seat arena, uh, NC State. Um, won the national title over Houston and Lorenzo Charles and all those guys. And I, I can only imagine that. That was at the pit, huh? It was actually at the pit. They did a national title game in Albuquerque, New Mexico at the pit, which is such a foreign thought now. Yeah. Because they're, they won't play, you know, outside of a football stadium. They want, you know, 30,000 seats or they want the postage stamp in the middle of the field so they can get fifty or 60,000. Yeah. Right. At, at a local arena. And uh, it was even bigger back then. The arena was about 3,000 seats bigger. The old guy in me says playing national championships in gyms around the country would actually be a pretty cool environment. Yes. Right? Yeah. Old school arenas. So Rebels win it 78-70. to We're going to get some of the postgame sound. It was an overtime victory over Air Force. They advanced to take on the two seed in Boise State. And, again, that game is tomorrow. Ticketmaster.com is where you can get your tickets. Man, it would be cool to have a nice you know, home court advantage here at the T&M for the Rebels. They, they fought really hard today so some headlines on the way in you hear Jim Beheim. this is it's so appropriate for Beheim because if you missed it today they lost Wake Forest beat them 77-74 in the ACC tournament Syracuse season is probably over he was the guy Beheim, who said Miami and Wake Forest bought their team then he apologized, not accepted. You said it, so it's, it's out. Then in the post game, he he throws out this thing like, "Oh, I retired. You missed it." And we're all like, "What? Like, why, why?" And I'm not listen. I'm not in support of the the opposite, which is you know a year long tour like Coach K did, where hey, let's soak in all the attention. I didn't hate that, but you don't you don't have to do that either if you don't want to do that with Bayheim. But what do you even make of the post game? It what, was, did he, what did it even mean? It was weird, but but it's but also crazy. They just come out yelling. Yeah, they're wild. Um, <laughs> actually, we had to kick them off our table when we got out here earlier because they had our beer. Their beers all over the table. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, look, and I would even. I'm going to push back too. All right, the retirement thing got thrown out there at the beginning of the year. Okay, it wasn't like a farewell tour, but that was the storyline throughout the entire season, whether or not Jim Beheim would retire. So, does he get like some flashy little? 
B-roll thing that's thrown together with sappy music. Maybe not, but either way, I digress. He's annoying. <laughs> I just, I would just put it out there. He's annoying. The way, the way, his comments about the ACC overall. He has not had success in that conference since what, 2015, 2016. Hasn't won over 10 games in ACC play. And he's just kind of is petulant the right word? Like when he when he does these sort of things. Well, he's stubborn and arrogant. He's yeah. going to do what he wants to do and how he wants to do it, and no one's going to talk him out of it. So I guess if he's if he retired today or whatever it was four days ago, someone finally got through to him. And maybe it was, hey, Jim, come on, go out with some self-respect. It's not working. You're 78. Enjoy the rest of your life. Or maybe Syracuse went to him and they're like, hey, we don't want to embarrass you. We're going to so fire you. Huh? You, you got you to gotta figure out a way to do this. You do it your way. With, hopefully you don't, you know, crush us. But let's just you, – you make the decision. We're going to make it look like that, and we won't embarrass you. So please just cooperate. Please. I was, I was talking to somebody earlier today. I can't remember. It was today, actually. And – they were, they were shocked by the thought when I brought it up. I was like, no, they want to fire him. Like, they, they want him out of there. Like, really? Like, yes. It's run its course. The guy's being stubborn and holding on to something that's not there anymore. It's time to turn the program over and allow a little bit more new blood in there. Uh, some breaking news in the NBA. What's the latest now with John Morant and his suspension? Uh, so it is now four games at least. Again, the, the qualifier of at least, so it could be longer. And uh, no criminal charges for John Morant. Now, no criminal charges does not necessarily mean that the NBA has found whether or not he brought the gun in said video on team premises. Team premises includes a team plane. And if that is found to be true, he could face a suspension of potentially 50 games, which would be wild. Now, Adam Silver has notoriously been soft when it comes to league punishment for some of these players. I don't think it's going to get anywhere near 50 games, but we know it's at least four more games. And the league is still investigating whether, like, where this gun came from, who had it, and how it got to where it got to. Last night, Grizzlies. Sad. Well, they've been, so they've been pretty bad in fourth quarters. Anthony Davis has been great. Right. But their fourth quarters have been Grizzlies abysmal. And I was well, They've been terrible on the road, and yep. now we're finding out that there was an overarching problem. And that's the thing, right? So one of, one of the more popular gambling angles is you know, tired legs – it's not necessarily the first half that it gets you. It's the second half in which it gets you. And so now, all of a sudden, you're looking at all of these numbers, and you're going, huh, well, Memphis kind of stinks on the road. They keep going out. And, huh, you know Memphis has one of the worst net ratings in the fourth quarter in the NBA? I think they're either second to last or dead last in net rating. In, in, or, in other words, what you outscore or are outscored by per 100 possessions, they're one of the worst in the fourth quarter. I wonder if those things equate because they've been bad. Blew a game against Denver in the second half. Blew it in the fourth quarter against the Clippers. Blew it in the fourth quarter against the Lakers. Good win for the Lakers, who are now in play-in contention. Solidly in play-in contention. But the Grizzlies, how about this, Steve? Did you see this coming? With the loss, the Sacramento Kings are the two seed in the West. 38-26. and 26. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, Lakers with the win are two games back of the six. And I never got to make that bet last week. Who is overreacts kind of average Joe fan on the station? Dangerous Danny. Danny. <laughs> Danny Smythe, who when the LeBron injury was announced, and believe me, I'm not counting my chickens here. When the LeBron injury happened, he's like, Lakers done. I'm like, I'll take that bet. I'll take it. So they're in the nine hole now. And as Darvin Ham dubbed him last night, what if Wilt Davis can get the Lakers into the actual field? Yeah. By being, you know, 30-18 guy down the stretch. Can I mean, they do it? 
Oh, I th- yeah, of course. I mean, they, look. By the way, the Wilt reference is Anthony Davis and Will Chamberlain. Correct. Yeah. Relax, um, relax, Arvin. You're already setting up a guy who everyone's kind of waiting for. Like, did he get popped in the face and he had that weird circle bandage? Yeah, the circle. Well, at first off, he actually had the two, like, he had stuffed <laughs> cotton in there and the laceration. I was, And it's funny because I, I deleted the tweet because it could totally be misconstrued. But, like, when he's running down the court, he's, you can see him, like, sucking in wink because he can't he can't breathe through his nose. Yeah. It's like Anthony yeah. Davis, the mouth breather. Yeah, it's yeah. totally hard. I have a giant nose. When it gets stuffed up, I, there's no air. Yeah. I can't, I can't breathe. But I'll say this. So, and this is not to take away Anthony. Anthony Davis has been great. Last four games, he's averaging 33 points and 13.8 rebounds on 56% shooting. And we know how talented he is. This is one of the things that you've been waiting for. I will say it does help when you're facing teams outside of Minnesota that doesn't really have a true center that he's been absolutely destroying when they're facing him. But at the same time, he deserves credit for this because this was the question. If, if LeBron James is not going to play in these winnable games, are you going to be able to get this done? And sure enough, in the games that they have played without LeBron James, they're only 3-2, and two, but it's an important 3-2. and two. You're supposed to be a top player mm-hmm. in the league, top eight player in the league. When another superstar goes down, your team shouldn't fall apart. And what, Hachimura was effective last night? Mm-hmm. Guy was picked up about a month ago before the trade deadline. Uh, Reeves. Austin you, Reeves. I, I so you, annoying. You know, I want you to mention it again, that the Lakers get banged on for a lot of the old man moves they've made over the years, and I think at the behest of LeBron, who wants to play with old guys. Mm-hmm. Their scouting department, they do find guys. They're brilliant. I, I don't think there's – you cannot argue with it. You, you talk about – the guys that have come through there and developed into really good NBA players, whether it be Alex Caruso, Austin Reeves seems to be one of those, or even the eye for talent, Steve, they have for the other guys that are contributing around the NBA right now. Remember that big package that they got Anthony Davis for. Josh Hart's a really good bench player and is a great piece for the New York Knicks. Lonzo Ball, unfortunately, has not been healthy. He was a, He's a great player in the NBA. Brandon Ingram is one of the better scorers in the association. They have a great eye for talent over there in Los Angeles, and I think that's why, too, if you're a Laker fan, You've got to be excited about what Rui Hachimura could do because not only can they scout, they develop too. They, they develop these guys at a pretty high level. And they got some teams to just give away guys, basically. Yep. I mean, if you're like if you're there and Rui Hachimura, a former top ten pick, is available for you for the cheap, I think it was a two second round picks or whatever it was, yeah, sure. We'll take a flyer on him. He's hey, you, young. You don't want to pay him? Yep. We'll try him. Let's see. Maybe he can be part of our car, uh, core moving forward. And he kind of has been. I mean, yesterday again, 28 minutes, like you mentioned, 17 points, 7-11 shooting from the floor. Who wants to go see George Thorogood? 50 years of rock tour, George Thorogood and the Destroyers. March 25th, that's a Saturday. Palms in the Pearl. Ticketmaster.com is where you can get the tickets. Ari's got a pair right now. Actually, you know what? Let's do caller 7 and 8, 364-1100, We're going to get back to the Rebels game. Run a Rebels win in overtime, 78-70. to 70. Ari and the Vast Sound crew, Ari was able to roll on the post game and grab a lot of these bites. So I want to get I didn't I wasn't down there, you weren't down there. We ran right up here to do post game. So we'll hear from Kevin Kruger and the rest of the Rebels and uh, get their take on a big victory and a advancing in the Mountain West Conference tournament. Very cool. Cofield and Company is live at the Thomas and Mac for the Mountain West Conference tournament. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. It's just another weapon. Um Unfortunate, you know, with the with the day of rest, uh, but uh, you know, it, it's somebody. It's a fresh body. Um, he's. I know he's going to be itching to get out there. I mean, if you know Keyshawn at all, he's probably it's probably even going to be hard to talk to him until the Boise game because he's going to be, you know, wanting to get out there so bad. So, uh, it, 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 like you said, though, it's a, it's another body. It's another 
guy that's going to go compete. It's another guy that wants to win games. So um, uh, we look forward to getting him back. It's Cofield and Company live at the Thomas and Mac. 38-35 at the half. 38-35, Wyoming, worst team in the conference. But they're dangerous. This is the whole point with this conference. Wyoming's dangerous. They split with New Mexico during the year. It's a 6-11 matchup. And Wyoming leads at the half, 38-35. They're plus 15 from behind the arc. That's not good news for the Lobos, who are 1 of 10 from 3. No. It's not you good. Don't, you don't want that. You, that's a little bit of a discrepancy for you. And then Utah State, if they were gifted... Wyoming, they, they they have to win that game yeah. if they get them, but we'll see. Another half to go, and New Mexico is uh, very, very good at the guard. Although we had Richard Pitino on last week, and we were uh, we were kind of talking about close games, and then he popped on. He made a joke about his team. He's like, uh, were you going to get on us for not winning close games? I'm like, no, but you're the <laughs> one who brought up the subject. Close games are not easy to win, and, I mean, that's an obvious statement. And they, they, a lot of seasons hinge on that. We mentioned up until the last two games, games decided by four either way, the Rebels were just two and six. Yeah. So now they're four and six, but imagine if, you know, the two and six had been five and three or six and two. The look of the whole season changes. You know, that especially that San Fran game, mm-hmm. right, where they blew a lead late. Close games matter a lot. Of course. A lot. And you have most teams, unless they're awesome, have six, eight games that are decided by five or less and we always talk about it on this show in many cases it's a coin flip you know you play enough of them it turns out even uh, you know before we get Mia Bell on in about 20 minutes uh, remind me during a break because that's your job right um, I want to look at the Lady Rebels record like inside of seven points okay there's a reason to 30 and two they have an attitude about them in close games like they did yesterday against San Diego State they won another close game against San Diego State so press conference is over. Kevin Kruger and some of the players spoke. Uh, let's throw to Kruger here, his opening statement after the big victory. They advanced. They win by eight in overtime against Air Force. I'm just really proud of the guys for fighting and staying with it. Um, they clearly understood our concern as a staff about how um, a game with Air Force can, can turn into a rock fight, not only the last time we played them a couple weeks ago, but um, that, that it's not going to change. You know, they're, they're going to run their stuff. They're going to cut hard no matter what you do. Um, I felt like we guarded them in the first half of both games incredibly well and and things just don't change they, they still cut hard they still pass and the guys just did a great job of uh of sticking with it not putting their head down and uh you know the the focus and attention was on the defensive side and and it uh, ended up ended up with win coming into the season uh two best defensive players on this team Keyshawn gilbert a holdover and elijah parquet both did not play today. Yep. Air Force shoots 37%, and they turn the ball over 17 times. I mean, some other guys stepped up big time in those minutes. Um, here's EJ Harkless talking about getting to face Air Force a second time in 13 days. No, nah, I wouldn't say it was any easier. You know, that's a really good team, and they're really disciplined. Uh, no matter what you do, they got good schemes. And, uh, you know, we did have a little bit more time to prep, so we were a little more prepared. But... They're just so disciplined, you can't you can't uh, get that in practice. So, uh, just happy that we came out with the win. On that. Here's Harkless talking about dealing with overtime games. They've had back-to-back OT games. Uh, both of them turn out to be wins. Just staying together, you know, that's the biggest thing for us. You know, um, just staying together and being able to look each other in the eyes, one another in the eyes, and just go out there and play super hard. And um, the outcome would be in our favor if we do that. Luis, uh, EJ had a career high tonight. Just how would you describe his performance? 
Amazing. Just uh, been a, a great scorer all season. Just winning out, EJ get a bucket, and uh, it's good to have a player like that that we could just give him the ball, especially when he's going, and just let him work. It's uh, fun to watch and fun to be a part of. Uh, Lou Rod, Luis Rodriguez with praise for EJ Harkless, who did finish with 35. You missed the beginning of the show. We were talking about what a performance he had. Tons of free throws made. I mean, got downhill a bunch, made some gigantic threes. Um, I thought he was a first-teamer for the Mountain West Conference. I think he's the best pure scorer in the conference, and he's on a team that at times turns into a one-man gang where the, uh, the opposition knows exactly who's going to get the ball and what he's going to, not exactly what he's going to try to do, but that he's the guy who's going to try to score. You know where it's going, and that's the impressive part. Getting to a spot, getting to the free throw line, drawing those fouls the way that he does, being able to finish through contact. Like that's It's an underrated thing about him, too. Drawing those and ones at the rim, those are hard to get, man, and he does it with efficiency. Here's EJ Harkless with a cut C-358 talking about Air Force's defense. This guy has a lot of respect for Air Force. Uh, I think the thing that was different for me, you know, every other team wants to kind of, the game plan is kind of to get me to go on downhill and kind of fall and get the flops and the difference with them, they wall up super strong and they don't complain at all. You know, it's, it's a different mindset for me going into the game that I have to get adjusted to. But uh, my teammates, you know, told me to stay with it, even though I had, you know, silly elementary school turnovers, you know, they stayed with me. Um, and they believed in me and I believe in them and we came out on top. There you go. So Harkless a massive game. Defensive hero today, Vicky Waco, who, I mean, when they needed important block after yes. important block, sick. Sick stuff. And then Lou Rod, Luis Rodriguez, who, you know, is coming off a groin injury that he's aggravated twice. He had a double-double in the last game. He had some really big offensive rebounds, some tip-ins. He finished with 10 points and 11 rebounds. Let's take a break here. We'll play some more of the uh, post game on the way back. We're also going to get you ready for the 7 o'clock tip. Lady Rebels going for the bid, trying to win the whole thing at the Mountain West Conference Tournament against Wyoming. Cofield and Company returns in two minutes, live from the Mountain West Conference Tournament inside the Thomas and Mac. What an awful call. I mean, that is an oh, abs. Oh, boy. Let's see the replay. Let's see the replay. Oh, Vic got push. all ball. There was they, no contact. There was literally no I mean, contact. Petritus was falling away on his own. Oh, gosh. What great an block. absolutely horrible call. Absolutely horrible call. Mm. Just an absolutely horrible call. It's Cofield and Company live at the Thomas and Mac. All right, rolling on. Last half hour of the show today, abbreviated show, but for good reason. UNLV basketball playing today, both the women coming up at 7, but the men led into Cofield and company with a victory by 8, 78 to 70, overtime victory. John Von Tobel is here. Should mention that more often. JBT doing a nice job. Mega fan of college basketball. Was sitting courtside, and he saw all of it that went down. Good broadcast today from John Sandler as he got off a couple of his classic. That was a horrible call. Uh, there was a... As you heard, a block by Vic. It was a block. That, that was pretty clean block, pretty spectacular, and the refs blew the whistle. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against the green on this one because the officials in this game went to the monitor probably nine times. Yes. But I actually don't – well, it does break up the flow down the stretch, and it probably gives both teams rest that changes the flow of the game, but I also want it correct. 
So there's a balance there. Like you're you're changing the flow of the game and giving guys a break, but I do want the calls made correctly. Yeah, and and I think like what three of them weren't even like going to look at a call. They were to fix the clock. What was the clock? It yeah. was to like add time on the clock to make sure. Like even on the last play of regulation, where Harkless did get a shot off, they adjusted the clock from I think was it 3.7 or 3.6 to 4.1, which is a big difference. So I think they just wanted to get it right. So I can't blame them. They're, I would say it was a fine officiated game. I think the, the bad calls were pretty bad, but there weren't that many. 38-35, Wyoming trying to pull the upset against the six. What do we got for uh, betting at the half? Just that number. New Mexico, a six, six and a half point favorite, total of 79. Mm. So they win by four, right? Is that my quick math? Uh, right? Yes. Right? Mm. Yes. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, Don't be a prisoner of the moment. No, I, I think, look, you're going to see New Mexico is a highly rated team. They came into this, what, close 9.5-10. So they're going to be a pretty big second-half favorite being down by three at the break. And you're still getting, if you believe in New Mexico, like the, the number was correct, you're getting a discount on the game line because you need to win by seven now as opposed to ten. Hmm. I might lean Wyoming. Right, hanging on. Hey, these conference games, too, these tournament games, get tight. Throw it's it just, out the window. Just mark this down. Yeah. Mark this down. We talk tomorrow, and New Mexico pulls right. away and wins by 13. <laughs> right. <laughs> but good second half on top, and New Mexico's got some pressure. I mean, just like UNLV, New Mexico started out the season unbeaten with a much longer streak. They felt like they had the goods to make the NCAA tournament. Rebels felt like that, too, early in the season. And this is it. This is your chance. New Mexico will play in the NIT. If they lose this, but they'll they will play in the NIT if they can't make the run to win the auto bid. But they basically have the same exact mission. It it, it is funny how often uh, New Mexico and or at least recently New Mexico and UNLV have been kind of locked at the hip in terms of super high expectations. When the conference has both of those teams in the top five, mm -hmm. it's a much better conference. But they've also had incredible turnover at the head coaching position and the roster. Yep. I, I I actually think in a lot of ways it's been worse worse in New Mexico because they've they've taken a lot of guys who just turned out to be detrimental. Yeah, they do a little some off-court knuckleheadery, if you will, with some of the guys. No, and you're right. I mean, when I first started here at ESPN back in the day as a producer and not like off-the-air person behind the scenes, you know, that was when New Mexico was in its heyday, when New Mexico and San Diego State were just swapping blows at the top of the conference yeah. for a really long Alford time. would bring out that yep. stupid jacket, and they'd be cutting down the nets, <laughs> and they were dominant, and they had really loaded teams. And like I said, they'd bring eight, 9,000 fans here. Uh, it's a great basketball market. I think this is still a great basketball market. It's mm -hmm. just about getting it right and putting like, together the right roster and keep, you know, getting back to a point where the NCAA tournament is 100% an expectation. They keep barking. These oh, fan yeah, base. They're, they're like they keep the, oh, oh. I don't want to get it started. I don't want to. What's the call? Can I try it? What do you scream to get them to start barking? I don't know. I want to see I if know. I want to see if I can like Stick elicit a response. Stick the end of the game. If they win, they'll be barking like crazy right. out here. Um, let's. I want to hear a little more of the post game. Some of the reaction. Uh, EJ Harkless, 35 points in the game, and he's had so many 30 plus point games. Been outstanding. He was a big hero in this one for the Rebels. Overtime victory. Um, he was asked if he's ready to have another big game tomorrow. No, 100%. You know, that's that's what we came here for. You know, that's, as Lou said. Um, but, you know, it's kind of easy when Lou got back-to-back double-doubles, man. So it's 
Uh, you know, controlling the glass, when, you know, it's something that we struggled with early in the season with, the, uh, you know, giving the other team, you know, second chance opportunities, third chance opportunities. But when, you know, when he's healthy, you know, he can rebound anybody in the country, anybody in anybody. And he's, you know, came out there, got, I don't know if it was 13 or 12 last game, got 11 tonight. And one huge one off of, you know, my free throw that I just missed and kind of sealed the game. You know, those are winning plays that we need everybody to make and uh, take pride in that and just carry on to Boise State. Harkless. 35 points, six rebounds, four assists, played 39 of the 45 minutes. Lou Rod with a double-double and 33 minutes, 10 points, and 11 rebounds. Cam Burris, we talked about him about an hour ago. Walk-on actually getting some time here down the stretch, 11 minutes against the Pack. He played 12 today in an overtime game, and Kevin Kruger talked about his walk-on. Well, you know, in the Reno game, we, we had uh... – the situation where we had some fouls and had some things happen, where, where Cam stepped up and had had great minutes, and uh, you know with the, with Air Force tonight, we were just we got in a little bit of a, a lull, and and Cam's done a great job of, of also helping uh, the first time even get ready for Air Force. So you know we knew he understood it, and 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 he and he thinks the game, and and so he was uh, again in the rotation tonight as we were trying to get bodies in and out, and. And, uh, and and Cam again did uh, did everything he was asked to do again tonight and and uh, you know helped get the win. Cam Barris, another one of the locals. You know everyone knows that uh, Keyshawn Gilbert played his high school ball at times here, also in St. Louis. Uh, but Barris is a Liberty High guy. Went out of state, went to Mesa uh, Junior College, came back after a couple of years. Has been you know walk on, great practice player. What do you do with him for the scout for tomorrow on? Less than 24 hours notice. Does he play Shaver or Max Rice in practice? I mean, Keyshawn Gilbert's going to be back. What do you do? Like, he, he joked yesterday. He's like, I got demoted from the scout team. Yeah. What do you do with him? Guess he's got to be Shaver, right? <laughs> you know what? At this point, he yeah. might have to play Rice. Max yeah. Rice has been ridiculous down the stretch. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I, I would say that either way, that he is provided enough that he's going to be a pretty good asset for you. But I think it's, it's, I think that's a fair point because Shaver has not been as impactful. Hey, Ari, do me a favor. We wanted to talk about Vic Iwaka, who had six blocks in the game. I thought he actually had eight because he uh, he blocked another one, and he also had a foul called on one. Jump ahead to the uh, Iwako cut here. It's uh, C365 as Kruger talks about the contributions of uh, Big Vic. Vic did a great job. You know, he did a great job. Uh, again, the, the stuff Air Force runs is really tough to guard. It's uh, the, No matter what you do, you just feel like you're a half step behind. And they read and react off each other so well. Um, but the plays he made, uh, protecting the rim, especially when they kind of dumped it down into the post a handful of times. And of course, the play at the, the end of regulation to send it into overtime. Um, uh, it was huge. It was pivotal. It was, uh, I mean, pick your, pick your adjective. And, and, and he did it. Um, you know, I thought David, I thought David had a, a good game as well. But, um, you know, the, the five fouls, of course, kind of made that decision for us. But, uh, you know, we've kind of had the games where we've won and we've had success. We've had both those guys playing hard, kind of selfless basketball. And, and I don't remember all five of David's off the top of my head, but I'd, I'd go to imagine that they were uh, helping. They were, you know, doing something to, to, to help get a solid possession. And then Vic kind of carried that over as well. They'll need both of those bigs to play, maybe even a little Keyshawn Hall against Boise tomorrow. Boise's a, a big, strong team. They don't really play their 6'11", dude. Uh, Milner that much, but um, they, they're going to need both of them. They're going to need the exercise that Milwaukee provides. By the way, speaking of big, before I forget, Ari's done a ridiculous job today because he mm -hmm. had to run the game. He's cut up the post game. Uh, you know, 
there can be times on radio shows where we're, you know, we're going fast here, and, and Ari's keeping up, so now I just jinx everything. But um, Keep it I up. Let's go. I wanted to close with this one, Ari. Let's, another game tomorrow. Let's fire this because uh, you got basically 24 and a half hours for the Rebels to get ready for a team they are familiar with, but you got to rest up. Kruger talked about you know the prep now before the 6 o'clock game tomorrow in the quarters. Definitely I'm getting as much you know, post-game rehab as possible. I think just uh, getting them off their feet, making sure they eat something good here immediately, and uh, uh, just doing what they need to do to, to wake up just as fresh as possible. Um, we'd, I mean, we wouldn't probably do anything on their feet anyway tomorrow, uh, but with the extra five minutes, without a doubt, we won't do anything. So it's going to be all film, uh, small group meeting, and uh, it's, it's kind of like cramming for a test in a, in a sense. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, uh, the guys understand how hard it is to play Boise and what, what it's going to take. So uh, I think just getting them as physically ready as possible in the 24 hours would be priority over anything else. We're all with Kevin. Kevin Kruger. Long days, right, for the media? We didn't play a basketball game, but <laughs> tomorrow, football practice. In the morning, and then the four games during the day, third game of the day, will be the Rebels game. We'll do a show here tomorrow. Uh, Willie Ramirez will be with us. John will join us as well. But I'll say it again, good job, Ari, with all those bites. On the way back, we're uh, hoping to track down one of the uh, Lady Rebel assistant coaches. 7 o'clock tip. Lady Rebels go for the auto bid. Wyoming is big and strong and mean. they got to get it done. they got to get it done. Lenny LaRock told us the other day they don't win this tournament. Uh, she will be shocked if they get an at-large bid. they got to win. Field and Company is live at the Thomas and Mac for the Mountain West Conference Tournament. I bet St. Mary's last night. Oh no! Three and a half. Gonzaga has been perennially the best team in that conference, and some would argue it's one of the best offenses in the country. But it'll play anybody. You know, you look at St. Mary's, and I think their defensive metrics are a little inflated. But I think Mary's has all the ammunition on defense to slow what Gonzaga does well. And I made the game a pick'em, so I was happy to take three and a half. It's Cofield and Company, live from the Mountain West Conference Tournament inside the Thomas and Mac. Can't get them all right. West Coast Conference game, title game yesterday at the Orleans turned out to be a blowout. When I actually ran my numbers, um, I had Gonzaga as minus 25, so kidding. <laughs> I was going to say no, you did not. But no, I, did, did not. I did jump on the uh, two and a half. Yeah. So easy win. 77-51, they get the uh, auto bid. You never want to say they don't play anybody. Uh, That's the one thing no. I disagreed with. And I actually, I would, I would love to have a spirited conversation. That's our guy Sam Paniotovich. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Um, I would love to have a good discussion about West Coast Conference, say the top eight teams, yeah, on the men's side against the Big East, which is one of the conferences he covers. Providence is right down the road because I don't think there's that big a gap, especially because the you know the middle of the Big East kind of fell apart this year. All right, this atmosphere is crazy, right? It's loud in here. We we know these New Mexico fans are psychos, so they're going nuts on just about every big play. But Wyoming, what did we say before the game, right? Mm-hmm. They had already split with New Mexico. They lost the one game by one point. And right now in this one, New Mexico's finally moved ahead. 13 minutes left. It's 57. Check that, 52-47. But uh, Y.O. for the game. What are they from uh, three-point territory? Now they are... They're still plus 15. They're 7 of 18, so three-pointers could determine what happens in this game. All right, I'm fired up because we just finished up a runner rebel game. That was exciting. They won in overtime. They beat Air Force. 
It's the ladies' turns, right? Mia Bell's here with us, one of the assistants. That's John. I'm Steve. Appreciate it. I heard you had to navigate traffic. Yes, thanks, sir. Thanks for having me. Did they let you in? We were having trouble with security. I kind of had to elbow them out of the way earlier. You know, I know a couple people in here, so I kind of <laughs> just went the back route. I made it. We want people to come down to the game, so ignore my traffic comment. But I would do this. I would leave early because, you know, it gets crowded down here, right? And we got a lot of, a lot of construction, but this is such a big game. You know, I'm going to come right out and mention it before we start breaking down the game and the games you've played. Lindy came on with us the other day, Lindy the Rock, and said, if you guys don't win this, she said she would be shocked if you got an at-large bid. You guys really believe that as a group, or is that, hey, this is what we got to tell the ladies. Like, you have to win. There's no margin for error. Um, that's not what we're talking about. I think the biggest thing is where our focus has been the same all year long. Uh, the game in front of us is the biggest game of the year. We're going to focus on that. Um, as we all know, you cannot put anything in anyone else's hands. You just never know how those things are going to play out. So we know if we do our job and do what we're supposed to do tonight, um, we'll control our own fate, and that's what we want to do. We want to be in control of our own fate. So let's talk about the gut check yesterday, and it happened three times against San Diego State. They're really good. Yes. What, what were you impressed with by the ladies down the stretch? Just our toughness, understanding that they we're going to throw some blows and we have to take some of those punches um, and continue to fight through them. They're a really good team, really well coached. It was a really fun game for basketball fans to be in attendance to. Um, but our team just stays so locked in. And the biggest thing, uh, which they've shown all season long, is they just don't get rattled um, in any moments. They keep their pose, poise, they keep their composure, um, and they lock in. So, um, I'm curious. I know you guys have always talked about, like, right, one game at a time. But does the message now kind of change a little bit? Can you now look at a championship game and go, all right, let's go undefeated in conference play? Does that now kind of enter the sphere here? Um, I think you feel a little bit of that. Um, you know, some of it is the pressure is getting to this moment, right? And now you're here. The pressure's off. You go out there and you be who you are and you play and you have fun. Um, this is what they live for, you know. So um, the pressure's off in this moment. Um, and we've, that's what we've been talking about. Lady Rebels, 7 o'clock here at the Thomas and Mack championship game. The auto bid is on the line against a, a big rough tough Wyoming team, Mia Bell is with us. I want to go back to the not getting rattled point because that's what I'm blown away by. Uh, I've done you know, a good handful of the TV games. Is that something you recruit? Is that something you teach? Like, how, how do you know players are, are going to have that? I, like, can you teach it? Um, I think it starts with the leader and it starts with Coach Lindy. Um, she is one of the coolest, calmest person people I've ever been around. Just seeing her and her composure when she's out there. So she doesn't get rattled and you don't see any fret in her at all. Um, and it's contagious, honestly. So yes, we we go out, we try to recruit winners, confident players, people to have a little bit of swagger, so that helps. Um, but I think it just starts from the top. I'll give you a good point on Lindy in terms of keeping her composure yesterday. And I think it was just an oddly phrased question at the post-game press conference, someone was asking about the second quarter and maybe you guys had some moments where you struggled a little bit and someone said, hey, were you fortunate to have a lead at that point because you had a little offensive drought and she like took a deep breath and kind of bit down for a second and without, she didn't explode on the person, <laughs> she, but she was like, no, we're not fortunate. Yeah. Uh, I was like, okay. Um, yeah, and to build on the, the not rattled thing, I mean, I can, I can rattle off the players on the team. I'll, I'll give you one of the players who I'm really impressed by by her age and that's a little key. Uh, Kiara Jackson, her, she never, as a point guard too, she never changes her expression. Like if she's fouled, just walks back like a robot. She had, I think she missed a layup. She just went back, you know, late in the game. Just, 
she doesn't, and then you need that in a point guard. Yes. But she's a great example. Of, she's not. She's not even that experienced. Yeah, yet. she stays at a five, and she's been that way since she stepped foot on campus. She doesn't get too high. She doesn't get too low. Um, and credit to she, her growing up and playing for really, really good teams back in Texas. Um, all of those experiences definitely helped her out. You're not going to take credit for that. You were a guardian. I am not going to take credit for that. Some of that is who you are, um, and that's definitely who she is. But she's at a five. Whether it's basketball or not, we can be playing a Uno game, ping pong. She's just cool, calm, and collected. That's just who she is. UNLVTickets.com, Ticketmaster.com. They want a big crowd out here. There's no, really no reason that whole crowd that was showing up late in the year when it was 3,500, near 4,000 at Cox Pavilion, at least get that in here for this game in the final and reward these ladies with your support as they look for win 31 on the year and to go 21-0 and in conference. Um, you know, it was interesting yesterday, uh, Jay Thomas, player for the team for a long time, and she kind of medically retired, but she's trying to get into the media. And she, I thought she asked a really good question, and then Lindy actually did snap at her. Uh, she asked a question about, hey, what's the team's identity? And Lindy was like, you know the team. I'm like, but the rest of us don't. We want to hear the answer. And Lindy just went straight to it. She's like, we want to get the ball inside to Desiree and play off of that. And it's really that simple, but because she's so good, everything else flourishes. Absolutely. You have to give Desi her flowers. Me being a point guard and understanding how important it is to have an anchor down there, they just make life easier for everybody else. So our shooters um, are always giving her the credit because that's how they get open. Our point guards, our guards understand how important she is. Um, and we just want to continue to uplift her because we know um, some of the things that have happened. But she anchors down and she just keeps fighting, and that's just who she is. Wyoming. So last night I think they were plus 27 on yeah. the boards. So yeah. talk about Wyoming and then your experience with them okay. and what you have to do to make sure they don't dominate the glass. Yeah, for all basketball fans, especially Mountain West fans who have been around, you know Wyoming basketball. It's been the same. Uh, their identity has not changed. Um, they're an extremely tough team. Furtick is holding them down down there um, on the block, and she's a lot to handle, a very great player. But we know what we um, are up against tonight. Uh, our team is extremely focused and extremely ready for this game. Um, and those little key details – of just toughness on the boards and fighting all night long, they're going to be down into it, no doubt. So on focus, we were going through your guys' schedule and the results, and we noticed that you guys were 10 and 1 in games which were within seven points. How do you keep that focus and mentality? Because we see it a lot in every basketball game, right? When you get into crunch time, the little things that teams do right, you guys have done them overwhelmingly right in these games. I think for us, we just have so many players that can step up. Um, and I think we've seen that throughout the course of our entire season. Um, it's not just one player. Desi is an amazing player. Essence Booker is an amazing player. But we have other people that when it's their number uh, being called and it's their time to step up, they do that. And, you know, that's what it's going to take in a championship game with a great environment here tonight. Yeah, there is something about, you know, we, again, we go back to the whole rattled thing. I, I really believe there are basketball programs, and I think it's San Diego State on the men's side for 20 years in this conference. When game gets down to five minutes and it's close, I, I look out on the floor, and it doesn't matter who. It's different players all the time for San Diego State, and they just have a look like we're going to win. We know we're going to win, and I don't want to jinx it, but 10-1 and is a hell of a mark. I, I get that vibe from the ladies, you know, with the Lady Rebels. You know, we didn't even mention Essence Booker. Just They think they're going to win. Absolutely. We've been in so many different situations this year, um, and even when we haven't, we've practiced all sorts of situations. So when the time comes, it's not their first time there. Um, they felt this pressure, um, and I don't think, honestly, I don't think they consider it as such. Um, this is just a basketball game. It's their time to go out here and do what they've been working on since the summer, things we've been talking about since our season ended last year and things we wanted to do, and they're just so doubt in and so focused into that. Um, I just give them all the credit because it's really hard to do um, throughout a long season. 
So no chalk talk tonight, right, for the fans? No chalk talk tonight. Okay. Y'all just got to come it. out. You got to come this, out. This was it. You yes. don't get the bonus <laughs> game plan and discussion with uh, Coach Bell before the game. We're going to let you go because you got like, you know, 65, 70 minutes. Thank you so until much. Tip. Thank you. There she is, Mia Bell, one of the assistants under Lindy LaRock. And believe me, it's a whole staff because I'm glad she mentioned uh, Little Key, Kiara Jackson coming out of Texas. They are mining that state for players. I think two of the three, they have three top 75 players coming in. They have more Texas players in that class and the freshman class that's coming. Um, it's really good basketball in Texas. But, you know, we should mention before we get out of here, the other big story with this team, and the men would love to have this, um, Vegas has really good basketball on both the boys and girls side mm -hmm. in high school. And you've got veteran players here. Desiree Young really wasn't recruited heavily. And she's turned out to be what we believe is a two-time player of the year in the Mountain West Conference. Essence Booker, she, you know, she did the run around college basketball. She was up at Reno. Um, she started in the MAC. She's here. She's Spring Valley. And then Justice Etheridge from the, you know, the, the legendary program of Centennial. I think it's a really big deal that, and Lindy, of course, Lindy LaRock, who, you know, grew up here and went to Stanford. Me too, right? I mean, she went to Durango. So, yeah. I mean, you got a real connection with the community that's a cool deal i mean that's that has been the thing that i that has stuck out to me outside of the actual results is seeing how many actual las vegas guys are into like in, intrinsically in tied with this team and the success they're having on top of doing all of this in terms of their connections to the community good thing did you bet no okay good thing i, I didn't go on the side of wyoming because new, Me new mexico is starting to take off yeah it's uh 64 53 Ooh. Now, and I think they just scored another bucket. So, up 11. Oh boy! With 9:45, 30 the, points halfway through the second half. Yeah, they're really taking off here. Good job by New Mexico. Udeze with a double double. House and Matchburn when they get going. Yep. They're cra they're crazy good. They have 36 combined. When it's important too for them the way that these games are going to be called as well. Because right now, they both, between the two of them, have eight, for, eight free throw attempts total for each. But if those if you start to rack up those foul calls too, man, you're going to get there. Run Rebels win, so they complete the uh, first end of the double dip here with UNLV basketball teams. Again, Lady Rebels are up. Probably a little later than 7. But around 7 o'clock, right here at the Thomas and Mac, Wyoming, and that's it. They beat Wyoming. They're in the tournament. A second straight year. They close out a magical regular season. They can go 21-0 in conference and 31-2 on the season before heading to postseason. So come on down, grab your tickets. We got to get fired. Like, I'm already fired up, right? I love conference basketball uh, champion, you know, uh, tournaments. Can we get a little balmer here? Because, you know, <laughs> and again, I don't want to – we get into too much uh, toilet talk on the show. Uh, Balmer's got a new arena on the way, and I'm guessing he's – well, one, he's a man of the people, even though he's a billionaire. But we've all felt this pain when you go to old school arenas and you're like, I really have to go. Wait, how long is the line? Here was Balmer. What was it, groundbreaking? I think so, yeah. Okay, something, something's yeah. going something on. Something with the arena. Yeah. But something with the arena. And he is so jacked up about the toilets at his new arena. Toilets! 1,160 toilets and urinals. Three times the NBA average number of toilets and urinals. We do not want people waiting in line. We want them to get back to their damn seats. 
It's brilliant from a business owner standpoint. He's right. Um, 100%. And also, I didn't buy know. Buy more beer. Pee more. Buy more beer. No lines. That. Um, I didn't know who was responsible for accumulating the amount of toilets in all of the NBA arenas. Three times the average amount. So 1,100 plus yeah. toilets in his new arena, as opposed to the average of what, about 350? Yeah. 375? That's impressive. Can't wait to pee in one of them. It is. That's a great line. It is. <laughs> I think it's the thing I like the most about the fortress is the fact that I feel like I never have to wait yeah. in line in the bathrooms. They did a beautiful job, but it sounds like Bomber's like, let's go. I'm going to flex my muscle. 1,100 toilets. Do it. Screaming at people. I'm sure these people are like, what is this guy's a lunatic? Love him. Lady Rebels coming up in uh, about an hour. John, great job. Really good job, Ari. Angel, thanks for the setup today. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Look for the updates for the Lady Rebels up at Steve Cofield and ESPN Las Vegas on Twitter.